0: and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford. I am a coach, trainer and mentor living in Scotland but working globally. Today I have with me a very special guest. My guest is Mia Rosenberg. Mia is one of my mentees and we've been working quite closely together over the last year, year and a half. Everyone has a story. Sometimes our stories are current and relevant and sometimes our stories are not And today I am going to speak with Mia about the story she had before she started to transform into the woman that she is now. So welcome Mia, welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. I love seeing you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I love seeing you too.
0: (laughs) I worked with Mia about, gosh, about two, two years ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, quite a while ago. Mia was referred to me by um, her gorgeous parents because you know Mia's life wasn't wasn't working the way that Mia wanted it to and as a result of that there were some some behaviours that occurred that were not Mia but had a significant impact in Mia and I worked with Mia first of all we did an intensive together and then some coaching so Mia, can you first of all sort of let people know what was going on in your life and sort of what brought you to work with me? And we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah, so I would say when I was probably in, when I first entered high school is probably when I started to have disordered thoughts about eating. And as a child, I was super overweight so when I started to lose weight it was kind of seen as like a an accomplishment so I was praised for it and I just remember from ninth grade on people would comment on how good I looked and it was almost this like addicting feeling of to keep losing weight and you know, watching that number on the scale drop. And yeah, it was good for the first year or so when I got to a healthy weight and then it kept dropping and I didn't notice how unhealthy I looked. And, you know, people started making comments and they're, you know, my parents told me some things of comments people would say about me asking if I was sick, if I had Mm. cancer, what was going on with me, and this was over the course of probably seven years, and yeah, all throughout high school, I would kind of go back and forth, and nothing got too bad until I went to college, and my freshman year is when things started to my mental health definitely started to decline more than it ever had. And I kind of thought, oh, it's because I'm living in a dorm room. I don't have my own space. Like everything will be better next year, I thought. Um, But I came home. I was that my entire freshman year, I was a complete mess. I would call my parents every single day crying, telling them how much I hated it. And I would, I would pretty much also, I was, I'm from LA and I was in Boulder, Colorado, and I would pretty much fly home every weekend, or I would have someone coming to visit me because I just I hated it. I hated it and I didn't really want to admit it, but I completely hated it and I was having a horrible time. Um so then I completed my first year and that summer I came home and I was super, super, super skinny, like sickly. And no one said anything yet. And over the summer being home, I did get better, I think, just from being in a more familiar place and just feeling more comfortable. So I gained a little bit of weight and my parents ended up letting me go back to school because they, they had private conversations about not letting me go back. I had no idea. And so I went back and I lasted a good two months. (laughs) And then I just remember the weekend that I came home, I'll never forget it because it was a weekend that all my friends were home because we all came home for the USC Boulder football game. We all came home to tailgate with our friends from home. And I was at this point so robotic. I had no emotions left because I was so nutritionally deprived. My My brain pretty much didn't work. Every single day I was doing the exact same thing, waking up at the same time, eating at the same time, exercising at the same time. Like I had such a routine. And if I went off my routine, my entire day would be ruined. I would freak out, like just completely break down. And it, I didn't notice in the, in the moment because it was just so robotic every single day thinking back, I mean, I realized how unhappy I was. And I also, when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see that anything was wrong at all. But I, so I came home that weekend. And I remember I went to the tailgates and I left early because I was like, I'm not even having fun. Like, I don't even want to be here. And I went home and I don't remember what happened that day but I went to bed and I woke up and I was supposed to fly back to school the next day and it was kind of a normal thing where I would come home for the weekend I would you know have a good weekend with my family whatever and then Sunday it would be the morning before my flight they would call me into their room sit me down for a talk and I would be expecting it. I was like okay yeah yeah they're gonna tell me I'm too skinny or whatever and I'm gonna go back to school everything's gonna be the same. This time so they called me into their room same thing happened and I'm just like kind of the typical like Ugh, like whatever and I was also I was not a nice person like at all I was not fun to be around because I wasn't me and so I go into their room and I would usually just be really like catty about it and not really listen not say anything and be like yeah whatever but this time the conversation the conversation went on for I don't even know, hours. I wasn't even packed yet. And this was a little bit before my flight and the conversation just went on and on. And it was the first time where I kind of accepted that I wasn't capable of making my own decisions for my life at that moment because I was so nutritionally deprived. I kind of realized like, okay, yeah my brain is definitely not really working right now i still i still didn't really see that i looked unhealthy but it was a very intense conversation where you know my parents were like you don't see it and i just my mom took out a scale and she was like get on the scale right now and i was so mad at her in the moment but I stepped on the scale. I think I was like 93 pounds. I was, oh, I was so unhealthy. And then what really just like set me over the edge was watching my mom cry and just looking at me and saying, I don't want you to die. And that's when it was kind of like, oh, like I could die. So I was like, in that moment, I, I was in the middle of midterms, I was supposed to go back, like, I was, I had tests on Monday, and I was, like, what do I do, like, I, I didn't know what to do, and my parents were, like, just stay home, don't email any of your teachers yet, like, we'll figure it out, so I was, like, okay, I stayed home, and from that point on, I ended up just not going back to school at all. And it honestly was the hardest, but the best decision I've ever made because I'm the type of person, not anymore. Back then, (laughs) I really didn't like to not be in control. And the thought of not having a plan and just staying home and having no idea what I was gonna do, 20 minutes from then was so scary to me but there was something that just felt completely right about it Mm. so I ended up staying home and it really was the best decision I've ever made and and then I remember I was on the phone with my sister and I was just crying because I didn't know what to do and I was like I can't go to rehab. Like I can't, it's not, it's not going to work for me. I, I know. And like, you know, when you just have that gut feeling, you know, when something's not going to work. And I was like, it's not going to work. I'm going to go. They're going to stuff me with food that I don't want to eat. And I'm probably going to come out worse than I am now. And then for some reason, it was things that my sister said to me got through to me, whereas when my parents said things, I didn't really wanna listen to them. And she was like, okay, like, I understand that, but things need to change now, or else, like, they're just, you know, they're just gonna force you to go, like, you're not really gonna have a choice. So I had a talk with my parents, and I told them that, like, rehab wasn't for me, it wasn't gonna work, so then, that's when they found Jackie, and um, they were like, will you be willing to try this uh, three-day intensive, and at that point, you know, I was home from school, not doing anything, so I, <laughs> I didn't really want to, but I was like, okay, like, yeah, I guess I'll try anything, like, whatever they wanted me to do, I'll do, because I was living at home, I kind of had to, and it really, truly in three days completely changed my life. And after those three days, I've never looked back. Like it's nobody who hasn't really learned what I've learned, nobody can really understand like how how did it happen in three days? Like it doesn't make sense. Um, but it, it really did. Three days went by. I mean, what, after the first day I was pretty much, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it truly, and the biggest thing for me was learning that I'm not my thoughts and I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And still today, I'm going to have thoughts around anything, but for me, eating maybe I shouldn't eat that maybe I shouldn't eat that much or thoughts like that but taking a step back and realizing that they're not they're not true they're not me I don't have to I don't have to identify with them it completely changed my life and changed everything and healed me yeah I would say
0: I remember, you know, sort of the first day we were working together, I could see the horror in your face, the thought that you had to spend (laughs) three whole days with this middle aged woman, you know, who, who, you know, was going to sort of talk to you about things. And I remember watching you lighten up as the first day progressed because you realised there was a lot of fun, there was a lot of lightheartedness. We were just chilling, hanging out, talking about life. And I remember that first day, Mia, recognizing how literally you were taking thought in the moment, and I asked you to write down all the thoughts you had around food. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I, I went crazy. <laughs> I went crazy. When I was writing down all my thoughts, I was like, I just realized how annoying my brain was. And how many times a day I had the exact same thought, it was horrible, but it completely changed everything for me because I was like writing it down, actually writing it down, I realized like, oh, this isn't me. And like, I don't have to live by this. Like these aren't, these are, I, I, I looked at it physically on paper and I was like, this is crazy. Like, where is this coming from? This is completely crazy. And a huge thing for me also was like, if I had, I I don't have a little sister, but if I had like a little sister or something, and I was, and she was experiencing this or having these thoughts, or I would, or I would look at it and I was like, I would never tell anyone else this. And I would, never wish that anyone was telling themselves this so why am I doing it to myself and why am I believing it Mm. like that's crazy and that really helped to write everything down and see it if I felt like I was reading like some psychopaths diary
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we all feel that way when we write down you know we make these thoughts visible it's hysterical but it Even after the first day, Mia, you were lighter. You were so much lighter. And I think this is what I see all the time with people and and you did, when you described what was happening with you, it was lovely because you spoke about, "I I had disordered thoughts about food and eating. And so many people think there's something wrong with them. And it's not a personal thing. It's an impersonal thing that you're taking personally. So watching you see the role of thought at play in an area of your life where you hadn't seen it clearly before was was gorgeous because it happened so quickly because the thoughts that you were having were so strong and really in your face weren't they and that's the way it is when people are either have bulimia or, you know, they have anorexia or they're overeating. It's, they believe there's something they have to do about this to make the feeling go away. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think for me, it was exactly that. I needed a sense of control because every other aspect of my life just felt so out of control. I was so, I was just so unhappy. I was really, I was miserable completely. And I, going through all of it, I had a ton of anxiety. I was super depressed. And, you know, I was trying, I was also trying to live a life that I didn't want. I thought that I had to go to college because that's what kids my age did. And I had to go to parties because that's what kids my age did. And I, you know, and I was really living a lie. I was, I was trying to, I was lying to myself and trying to like it. And at a certain point that, I mean, that was really my breaking point. And I was, it was also really hard. And I think that this is important for I think a lot of people go through it because at a certain point I had to lot I had to let a lot of people go from my life who I thought were maybe some of my best friends or I had to, you know, I had to I had to put myself first, which was not easy for me. That was (laughs) not something I ever did. But at a certain point I was. I had to realize what relationships were serving me and, you know, I had to just look at my life and it was scary, but it was really fascinating to realize what I was doing. And I remember, I remember specific days where I either had phone calls or sent texts and kind of just shedding people from my life. And it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. I felt, at first, I felt like a horrible person for doing it and I was like, but then the realization kind of came like, no, why should I be putting myself through torture when it's it's my life? It's not really affecting other people, it's only affecting me and that was another big step in taking back control of my own life because the control freak I was, (laughs) wasn't doing it right. So yeah, it was, it was super interesting to go through all of that and kind of let go of the mental control that I had for so long that forced me to do a lot of things that I didn't want to do. And yeah, I really went through hell for a good, the last three years. Yeah. And
0: but as you, as you um, said earlier, Mia, that's, that's, you think that's what you're meant to do. You think, you know, sort of society, the media often tell you that this is what's meant to happen. It's, it's a story, it's a concoction that, as you say, you, you were living, you were living somebody else's life. You weren't living your own and you knew that at your core but you didn't know it. So you were living in a feeling that you didn't enjoy and your way of trying to take control of that was to control what you were eating, how you were showing up, how you were exercising, because mm-hmm. that gave you the feeling, albeit temporary, that everything was okay, but it wasn't exactly. okay. And that's what it's always like when we're, we're soothing ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to make things better. We're trying to get back to to essence, to our true nature. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find fascinating is that, that we, wisdom guides us and tells us where we're off balance. And we're aware of that, but we're not aware of it. We think it's something yeah. outside of ourselves that we have to try and fix and have to try we're and not. sort. Now, my next question for you would be, my love, was it all plain sailing from that day forth? Was everything wonderful? Because there's a wee story in here that I love. Mm-hmm.
1: It definitely not at all. Um, and the, yeah, the story is that, so we worked together, at, I, I think we started in October.
0: Mm-hmm. October, it November. Was,
1: it was yeah so it was before it was before the holidays and then that december i went to france and i was feeling so good i was like oh my god like (laughs) i've done so well i'm completely healed and at this point that was like that was kind of my that was kind of my mindset that like everything was perfect now and I was so confident about it. And I went to France to, um, to visit my family there. And we went for the holidays my, with my parents and my sister and her husband. And we got there and I don't know, I was, I was taken out of my place, I guess. I, I was in an unfamiliar place and So, over, I think I was there for three weeks and I lost a lot of weight. And while I was there, I was kind of going back to old tendencies and I was, but I wasn't really seeing it. I wasn't seeing it, but my mom, who knows me the best, she could see it and just she could notice my mental state too. I was always really on edge and like, I was kind of going back to that person of like not being very nice. And, you know, I wasn't really fun to hang out with. And I didn't really notice it in the moment. And then, and then I kind of did. And I remember I had a call with Jackie. And I was so just like, I was so down about it. And I was so upset. And I was like, all of the progress is ruined. Like, I don't know, I went on and on. I was in so such a bad place and she was just sitting there and smiling and laughing and I was like what the hell <laughs> what, what is ha- happening <laughs> like this doesn't make sense and she was like that's exactly what I wanted to happen and I was like what like that what no like this is horrible this is the worst thing that ever could have happened but the reason that she that it was great that that happened was because in that moment i could really see like wow i really dropped back into that place where i was listening to my thoughts again and i was letting my thoughts control my life again and for those 3 weeks i went back to that person who was you know anxious depressed and controlling all of the food that I ate and you know back to that but I was able to snap out of it so quickly when it was brought to my attention and it was just such a funny looking back experience that that happened and I really but I couldn't see it and now I mean it as time has gone on and it's been, yeah, I guess two years. I don't even years. know. It's, it's been a crazy two years, but I, of course I still have these thoughts and, but I can snap out of it so fast now and I can just see it for what it is. And it's actually a really cool thing. It's kind of like, there's like, my brain is like a TV and I can separate myself from it. So I can watch these things happen and be like, no, I'm not going to choose to engage with that right now. (laughs) I'm good. Like, you know, thanks for coming, but you can go now. And it's, it's great. It feels good. And I mean, you, yeah, people can just see it in my face. I was, sometimes I look back at pictures and I am like, I look like kind of like a skeleton and I have no color in my face. And it's just like, dark circles around my eyes I really looked like death and I look back and now I can see it I'm like yeah yeah I definitely looked really sick and one of my favorite stories is of um one of my mom's one of my parents friends and she had met me kind of she had met me before I was before I Started to get better, so she kind of knew me as how I was really low energy. I didn't talk much at all, I was always really.
0: Is that Ellen? No, no,
1: no, but Ellen too. Ellen Hmm. also knew me before and after. But this is, I don't know if you know her, Janet. No, I don't know, Janet. No, I think that's her name now. I'm forgetting that's bad, (laughs) (laughs) but she so. She, I remember we would go to these dinners monthly um, because my parents were in a program. So it was like my parents and all of their friends. And then I would also go to the dinners because (laughs) I didn't have anything to do and all my friends were at school. So, but I also secretly liked it. I didn't want to admit that to anyone at the time but I had a lot of fun and (laughs) I like hanging out with older people but um (laughs) you made me sound like your charity work (laughs) (laughs) no it was great but so I would go monthly and it was it was right in the middle of everything so they all knew me as this like kind of low energy I didn't talk much I was just always aggravated I just seemed like a typical like I I was what, I was, I was 20, Mm -hmm. I think I was 20, but I seemed like a 13-year-old who was, like, pissed off at her parents all the time, like, going through puberty, but, so, that's how they knew me, and then one time at dinner, everyone was there, and this was after my three-day intensive, and I was, like, you know, I was just feeling really good, and, oh, is that her name, Janet? Now this- Oh, uh, whatever. We're going to call her Janet. I'm pretty sure that's her name. <laughs> and um, she came in, she was a little bit late. So everyone was already there. And now I'm kind of forgetting. I was talking about something that I had learned or I was, I think I was just sharing a little bit of my story. And I looked over and she was just crying. And she looked at me and she was like, I've never... She had never heard me talk that much, first of all. And she had never seen me look the way that I looked. And she was, and she said, like, literally just from last month to this month, the brightness in my eyes and in my face, she was like, I've never met this person. Like, you're a completely different person. And I'll never forget that because that meant so much to me that even though maybe physically I hadn't you know, it was a month. There's only so much weight I could gain or, you know, but she was like, you're a completely different person. And she was just, she was crying because we didn't even know each other that well, but she was like, I'm just so, I'm so touched and I'm so proud of you. And I was like, wow, like people, people care about me and people, it really showed, she had so much love and care for me I was like wow that feels really good
0: yeah no it's that's I love that story Mia it's so beautiful and the other lovely thing about that is is that woman was studying the principles at the time Mm -hmm. so she got to see the principles in action there was a physical difference in you there was a spiritual difference in you there was an energetic difference in you and what I love about this, Mia, and, and 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 working with people is we don't even have to talk about the thing that has brought people to me in the first place. Mm-hmm. Did we how often did we talk about anything to do with anorexia or food in our three-day intensive?
1: Barely at all. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: It's just not important. What's important is that. At the time, you find out that everything that was going on was completely innocent. Everything that was happening was just a misunderstanding, an innocent misunderstanding. It's important that you knew that you weren't broken. And I wasn't going to try and fix you. I was just going to try and make you giggle and teach you a few things about, you know, sort of what I know about life. And, you know, my nature, my true nature. And to talk to you about how other people that I've worked with have had these similar bumps in the road as they've looked to try to fix because that's what they thought they had to do they had to fix their anorexia or fix their bulimia or fix their overeating when in fact all they had to do was notice noticing how they were Constructing the reality in each and every moment and I loved earlier when you said that thing about just noticing it that that was enough noticing the writing meant then that you were noticing your thoughts so you you were not the thought you you got that distance. And then when you went on vacation to France, you were the thought, <laughs> you became the thought again. And I, you know, I'm not going to apologise for laughing because I just thought that was <laughs> was, wonder, was one of the most wonderful things you could ever have told me. Because, as we, you know, when we're wakening up to how our psycho-spiritual nature works, how we work as human beings, it's incredibly important for me that people see that we always have the potential to go back there always we're only ever one thought away from whatever it was you know that that, that bothered us in the first place but being able to sort of to, to go back into that space again and to grump about it and I bet even although you were grumping about it somewhere inside of you you were still seeing something but you were frustrated because you thought it would have all gone away yeah
1: exactly and that was the best lesson that I could have had to go back and experience it again it was so important Hmm. to be able to come out of it again and realize like oh yeah it was just a little bump in the road and absolutely it wasn't it didn't mean anything
0: not at all could you imagine if you came and told me that and i was really serious
1: (laughs) it was horrible (laughs) everything we need to start over (laughs)
0: you know that, that's the joy you know now I'm listening to your lightness about it all you know the, the, this sort of light-hearted feeling about it and there's laughter and there's joy and I love that you recognize that everything that's happened to you has been part of your journey Mia and there's so so much richness in that you know that there's no need for for any kind of you know shame or feeling bad about anything because through that you found your true course what you're meant to be doing you may not have it all figured out yet I mean hell I'm still trying to figure or let let the universe tell me what I'm meant to be doing but you're you're in life and you're doing things and you're learning
1: and you're writing a book about your experience yeah I'm doing things now that are so much more meaningful in my life than I ever was before and I'm really leaving school was the best decision I've ever made because I was taking classes that I didn't care about at all I don't I genuinely don't even remember the classes that I took because I was so checked out <laughs> that I could not tell you one thing that I learned but now I I left school Yeah, I'm writing a book. I am a certified health coach, which I just graduated from my program. I am in the middle of a vegan online cooking school, which has been so much fun. I love cooking and baking and everything with that. And yeah, it's just been... It's been so much more beneficial these past two years of my life. I've learned more than I think I ever could have learned being in a traditional school, I guess. And it's been, it really has been amazing. And I don't think I've ever been happier with what I've been doing, regardless of what's going on in the world. I'm, I'm, I'm doing really well with my health. I'm, you know, and that's another thing. I, for seven years, I was really depriving myself of nutrients and it was a really, it impacted my body a lot. And that's also an important thing to realize because now I'm kind of suffering the consequences of what I did to my body and it sucks a lot but I'm, you know, I'm, I am learning a lot about the body and it's really fascinating. And yeah, I'm going through a lot of digestive issues and stomach issues and a lot. And it's some days it's really hard. And some days I just am really over it and done dealing with it and end of really bad mood but i'm i'm still at a much better place than i've ever been and it's every day is a new learning experience and i'm slowly figuring everything out but that's you know it's an important piece of the puzzle is you know in the moment obviously you don't know what you're doing to your body and there is a lot of things that I'm dealing with now (laughs) but it's all getting better and it's I'm I'm finally figuring things out and it's it's good I'm in a I'm in a really good place right now and it's amazing and yeah I just after going through what I went through all I want to do is help other people Mm -hmm. it's it's super I that's why like what we were saying before I don't regret anything that has happened and I think it's all I'm thankful for it because it brought me to where I am now and I'm at a place where I can help other people and I can share my story and hopefully you know if I help one person that's Mm. enough for me.
0: I really hope you enjoyed listening to Mia's story for story isn't atypical. It's the typical story of someone who is simply lost in thought. And being lost in thought can happen at any time to any of us. For some of us though, that being lost in thought can lead to eating disorders, whether those eating disorders are labeled as anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, or even overeating. And being incredibly overweight. As you heard from me, a story, change is possible, and it's possible quickly. So if you are the person listening to this podcast who needs to have a change in how you're showing up with food, how you're showing up with eating. If you're fed up, overthinking absolutely everything to do with your diet. If you, too, are like Mia and you just want to have an easier life, a simpler life. Please get in touch with me. Get in touch so that we can start to talk about how you, too, can feel the difference that's possible. So that you don't have to spend any more time worrying about your weight about your life, feeling anxious or depressed. Until next time, and I look forward to hearing from you. Love, Jackie. Could be loud like- I